You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only and best Lego Masters podcast. <laughs> Today we are talking about another elimination. This is episode six, and it's the third elimination of the season. And uh, it's very sad. It is sad. I'm a bit over the eliminations, to be honest, but I get that that's how the show works. <laughs> just keep them, keep the eliminated teams there in the background and they can still build and they just, yeah. you know, they don't get to win, but they get to hang out still. That's what I think. <laughs> so today's build was the cut in half challenge. So there were five items, a cash register, a boom box, a gramophone, a chainsaw and a telescope. That were all cut in half and then the teams had to build something on the other half of it within 10 hours. I really liked this challenge. What are your thoughts, Prente? So when the episode started, I was thinking to myself that I didn't love the half and half challenge. We had one a couple seasons ago and I wasn't super into it. By the end of this episode, I had changed my mind a little bit. There were some cool builds. Okay. And I think one of the factors of that was that the different items were so unique in the way they were cut. So there were a few that were just cut vertically, but the boombox was cut on like a 45 degree angle, which was cool. And the telescope was cut across like the length of the telescope, but mm-hmm. it still had its ability to hinge and move around. So that was kind of unique. So there were some choices there that I did like to enable some wilder builds. Is there a particular reason you don't like this type of build or it's just you just don't vibe it? My fear was that it limits the creativity in a boring Mm -hmm. way, not in an interesting way, I think. That's fair. Which isn't a reflection of the builds that we saw either last season or this season. Maybe just putting myself in the shoes of the contestants, I'd be like, oh man, I don't want to do this. Yeah, okay. Just let me build a cool thing. Let's jump straight into it. We'll start with our winners, Gus and David, who had the boombox. Like you said, it was the only object that was cut on a 45-degree angle, so they really had to be creative with this one. I love what they ended up doing with it, which is turning it around Mm -hmm. and having the 45-degree cut flat to the ground and the rest of the boombox sticking up from it. And they made a scene as if the boombox was crashing into the ground and exploding everywhere. I thought it was the best integration of the Mm -hmm. two different things of the Lego and the real object. It wasn't my favorite build overall full stop, but absolutely wins for that category, I think. Yes, I agree. One thing that did strike me was Brickman said that it told a great story. And I, I was so impressed with this build, but I don't know if I agree with that comment. To me, it was more like a thing that was happening. It was like a situation and it looked amazing but I didn't really think it was like a story in the same sense that say Scott Nowens or Sarah and Fleurs was it's the story of the dude who dropped a boombox and it blew up it's a great story sure <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying especially as Scott Nowen was literally a story yeah which we'll get to in a bit but yeah I see what you're saying but this is something that David and Gus do really really well is they they pick one thing they pick one scene and they just nail it. So they, they know what they're good at and they stick to that. And I think that will they'll go far with that strategy. hundred uh, percent agree. Jump to Gabby and Ryan, who were in the top two, and they had the cash register and they kind of had this kitty cash character who was like a woman who's super wealthy and throwing cash around and she was sort of coming out the side of the register. I wanna take a moment to say that I was right. 
because when we did the trailer breakdown for this season, I said it looks like someone was making a commentary by manifesting capitalism yes. into like a build. <laughs> and you were like, oh, ha, ha, sure. And that's exactly what they said that, they were yeah. doing. So I'll take that yes. as a win. I did hear those comments. <laughs> <laughs> and Brickman really, really liked this build. It was the, the most positive he's been with Ryan and Gabby. I thought he was maybe gearing up to take the curse off them. Mm. They didn't quite get there, but they almost did. Just missed out. There were a lot of things I really loved about this build. I loved just the idea in general, the way that they kind of made the the dress like curve up and out was really amazing. Uh, The character itself was great. I loved the handbag. That was a really funny touch. All the little like rings and bracelets and all those little details on her. The only thing that I didn't love was the sports car. I think because when Ryan first said he was going to add it, I pictured it coming straight out and her to be kind of looking like she was sitting in it. So when it was like kind of smaller and like on this angle, I was like just a bit confused by it. It did kind of remind me of David and Gus's Anubis build from last week where there was kind of two related but separate elements. So they had their Mm. big creature and then like a little scene next to it. It kind of felt like that where it was like the main character – And then also a car, which is also related to rich things. But I do get what you were saying. I think looking back, if they could redo it, they might do something like have her money dress encompass the entire side of the cash register so it sort of flows out more. Mm -hmm. But because they were, I think, three quarters of the way through the build when they started the car, they sort of did the best to tie the two together is what I would predict. Totally. It was a bit of a like last minute add-on. And in that sense, it, it did look really good as well. Let's jump to Scott and Owen who had the gramophone and they built like a Tree of Life Four Seasons evolution of a couple love story kind of thing. Yeah. A lot to talk about here. I really liked this build, but they kind of destroyed it and then rebuilt it almost the same yeah. a little bit in yeah. the middle of the episode. This was a bit overwhelming. Um, it was a little bit like their build last week where they sort of got halfway and then had to do a big change. Um So like you said, they sort of destroyed half of the tree and then we're like, wait, we actually want this tree and we want the lovebirds. And look, I really loved the idea. Um, I thought how they managed to integrate it at the end was great with the little lovebirds and the singing notes and and that kind of thing. I wish they thought of it before they destroyed half of it. It's so interesting because when Brickman was talking about how the concept of the gramophone needed to be more integrated with their build, I kind of thought that what they ended up doing was pretty close to what they were doing at that stage anyway. Yeah. Like the way they were talking about it, that's almost exactly what I was picturing. The only thing that I wasn't picturing was like literally the music notes. And so I was kind of thinking, yeah, cool, no worries, guys. They were going to wrap the tree around the gramophone more. Perfect, love that. Yeah. And then I thought maybe they'd give the couples musical instruments or something like that as they were aging, something along those lines. But the entire time I was so on board with it and I also want to pay special attention to how the wood of the gramophone turned into the wood of the tree. Yes. I thought that was so cool and so seamless but also like artistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was honestly a really beautiful build. The way that they sort of had this ramp going down from the gramophone yeah, looked yeah. amazing. The The different colours across the trees to symbolise those different seasons was just Really, really nice. Um, And obviously that little old couple spinning on the ice, I was ready to cry. Not to forget the little snowman on and off switch as well. Very sneaky. Very sneaky. This was definitely my favourite build of this episode. I reckon it's my favourite Scotty and Owen build and one of my favourites from the entire season so far, as far as I can remember. It's a big call. It's no cheese temple, but you know. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that I think has been really prevalent in the last couple of episodes is 
Scotty and Owen's dynamic and Owen kind of struggling once he gets an idea in his head to let go of it if it's not really what Brickman wants. And this this is something that we talked a lot about last season of that balance of going with what you think is a really strong idea and then going with what the judge is telling you to go with. So I'm interested to see how that's going to develop over the next few episodes. It does seem like, though, that they are learning their lesson. And so I'm very excited to see where the rest of the season takes them. We'll go to Sarah and Flo, who had the chainsaw. And look, they struggled a lot with this build, but I really, really loved the idea. The treehouse under attack and they had little mini fig lumberjacks trying to cut it down. They had activists chained to the chainsaw. I I loved the idea. Sarah and Fleur consistently have just such good ideas and I always love them. Yes. But it seems like when they actually go to build it, someone somewhere rolls a dice and they have like a 50-50 chance of whether or not they're going to have massive technical issues or not. Yeah. So yeah. so many of their builds they've knocked out of their park, but then this one and a build a few episodes ago, they just like hit a wall where they struggle and they almost played their platinum brick this episode. Almost. That was like a really tense 30 seconds of television. Um, I was I was stressed. So they didn't play it, obviously. They said, we're going to need it to play it We're we're going to need it later on. We want to play it to get through to the top four. I was yelling at the TV like, girl, if you get eliminated today, you won't be able to use it to get into the top four. (laughs) But it obviously worked in their favor and they didn't go home and they do still have the platinum break to play in the episodes to come. Yeah, it was a big risk. I was surprised they took the risk, but it obviously paid off for them just, which is also unfortunate because we did lose... Anthony and Jess. Yes, they had the telescope and they had this like astronaut strapped to the rocket. It was Anthony's first big character build and I honestly thought he did such a good job. It was such a shame that they went home. I love this team in this episode. Like the way they work together, Mm -hmm. you could just tell how much Anthony cared about the Lego. He seems like he was just having like the best time of his life while having the worst time of his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was so passionate about it and Jess was being so supportive and they had such a great team dynamic and I was like, yes. This is such a great team. There was also that moment where <laughs> Hamish was filming him put the head on yeah. and like cut to a wide shot of like 500 camera people standing around, which I thought was a great little fourth wall breaking moment. That really put into context for me the pressure that they're under while building. Like I would yeah. simply not be able to concentrate with like five or six cameramen and then p- potentially Hamish in your face while you're literally in the most stressful part of your build. And he dealt with it so well. It's just unfortunate that the amount of time that was sucked up by overcoming those technical issues Mm. meant that some of the other parts of the builds just didn't quite get there. It is heartbreaking. I did cry a little bit, not for the first time this season. (laughs) Such a great team. Yeah, I was really excited to see where they were going to go as well, especially because the last few builds we've been saying, I feel like, they're just improving so much. And this build was a great example of that again, but wasn't in their favor, unfortunately. The other thing I noticed during this episode was when Brickman wanted to give feedback that wasn't particularly positive, instead of just telling them it was bad, he would ask the teams what they thought of it. And he'd be like, how, how do you think that your technical ability was showcased? Or how do you think your story is? <laughs> and they obviously say, oh, you know, we're really unhappy with it. It's really bad. And he sort of just gets to nod along. And I think that's a really clever but sneaky way of Brickman kind of getting out of having to say 
bad feedback. I have had my complaints about Brickman this season where I haven't quite agreed with his perspective on things, even though he's the expert and I'm not. But you're totally right. I feel like he is doing such a good job of being that like judge that also educates and also holds their hand through difficulties. Yes. I also like this thing that he started doing where he'll get them to take a few steps away. He'll be like, come look at your build from where I am over here. Yeah. Or when he took the gramophone and moved it away to like try and illustrate his point. Yeah. He's definitely made so many strides in, in that part of his judging and I really appreciate that. Yeah, me too. So next episode looks like it's another two build episodes. So the first build seems to be you have to build something that's perfectly weighted to hang from a balloon. And I will say we discussed that in our teaser breakdown. We totally called that. We absolutely did. We'll take full credit. Thank you. (laughs) And then the second build is the elimination build. It's called Go Big or Go Home. And this is the episode where we get Kale in. Yeah. And it looks like they've brought him back purely just to be like a height consultant. Yeah. So I wonder if it's going to be, we had a build last season where it was purely about building the highest possible tower. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to be like that again. I was into that build. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with this. They do seem to have at least one build each season that's 100% technical. I don't think it's ever been an elimination build, mm. but in the first season they had the bridge mm-hmm. one. Do you remember that where they put all the weights on the bridges and they ended up yeah. building bridges that were like so much stronger than the production team had ever expected? Yeah, that was really cool. And then yeah, last season the height one. So maybe that's sort of what we're looking at with this kale build. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe because we'll have a podcast episode for every TV episode there is, as well as a bunch of interviews with all the contestants after they get eliminated. It's going to be a good time. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMDthePod. Feel free to chat to us there, give us any thoughts or feelings or ask us any questions. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye.